Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome back to Recovery Guy Podcast. And if you're not very familiar with us, this is, of course, Friday's podcast, regardless of when you're listening to it. And we call this The Fix, because who doesn't like a good fix, right? When I was out there ripping and running, doing this, that, and the other, anything but doing what I was supposed to be doing uh, and killing myself along the way, uh, I was always looking to be fixed. I was always in a state of brokenness, right? That is what's so valuable about step two, where we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity because we were trying people to fix us, circumstances to fix us, money to fix us, drugs to fix us, gambling to fix us, every sort of uh behavior that was contrary to the life we said we wanted to leave, we were looking for that to fix us, and we found nothing but more brokenness. So then we come in and we find recovery, and it doesn't really matter that the Catholic Church, LDS recovery, through your, your Muslim faith, your Jewish faith, uh, Reformers Unanimous, Buddhist Network, you name it, A-A-N-A-O-A-G-A-S-A, you know, E-A, there's an A out there for you, right? If you're really looking to, to find this. So we come in here and I still need to be fixed, right? Because I am broken like Humpty Dumpty, right? All the king's horses, I mean, I was shattered in so many pieces I, I I was desperate. I never thought there would be a fix for me, right? Uh, Bill calls it that uh, that uh, incomprehensible demoralization, right? We are at our lowest. We don't know how we got there, and we sure as heck don't know how we are going to to get back up. And so I need to be fixed. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. There is a solution. Thank goodness there is a plan. Thank goodness there is a path that works. You know how? Because I saw people there. I was chatting with my good friend, Fast Eddie. Uh, Eddie Plummer is such a remarkable person. And Eddie was in the rooms when I got to the program of recovery, right? I can use his last name because he does. He makes no no uh, bones about who he is and where he's done. And what a remarkable testimony of a person who is committed to his own personal recovery and serving others as his giving back as a result of that recovery. We call that step 12, if you're not very familiar. And I was chatting with Eddie the other day, and there's certain people in my life like Eddie and like Buddy and like Jack and like Russian Tad and Pete the Greek and Texas Mike and Doc Irv, you name it, uh, Slow Will, uh, 
you know, Scotty, so many individuals, by the way, uh, Richard H., everyone but Texas Mike, Jack, who's my sponsor, died at 44 years, Russian Ted, everyone else is still sober, right? I'm the baby of the group. All these other names I mentioned, they're 37, 38, 41, 40 years into this, 44 years, Buddy Buddy C is. And so uh, they showed me how they were fixed, right? It says that we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start, right? So fixing I needed to be fearless and I needed to be thorough. And you say, how do you do it? As I mentioned the other day in a podcast uh, in my internship, when I was going to school to get my degree in alcohol and drug studies, I did uh, an internship as an intake counselor at this place called the How House, which is um, uh, St. John of God Healthcare Services with the Brothers of the Order uh, who were overseeing this. Anyway, how is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. You want to be fixed? You want to get a good fix? Then fixate on honesty. Fixate on open-mindedness. Fixate on willingness. Matter of fact, they say willingness is the key to unlock the door. And when we insert that key, the door opens almost of itself. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I love recovery and I hope you do too. I hope that's why you're here. I hope that's why you share. I hope that's why you have the energy. This month is crazy because this month, the 25th of this month, I will have 35 years of personal recovery. Isn't that mind-blowing? And and I tell you that because I want to give you hope. I was on a Facebook program and addictions uh, uh, group that I'm on and, and somebody came in today and they have 10 days and they said, I know I only have 10 days. It's like, stop saying only, man. You know, 10 days might not seem a lot to a person. You know, I've got like 12,770 days or something crazy like that. So on one hand, it may not seem like a long time to me, but it is. It may not seem like a long time to a person with 100 days or 200 days or 365 days, but 10 days to a person who couldn't stay clean, this person was a meth addict, and I remember meth and the grip it had on me, and it's crazy, the the addiction that, especially when you add this to the alcohol and the other drugs we're doing and the other behaviors, Meth is like Mr. Toad's wild ride and such addictive when I first hit the crack pipe for the first time. You know, I thought I died and went to heaven and, and I realized I wasn't going to heaven, but I was dying, right? And so so this person said, I know I only have 10 days. It's like, man, you know, we would swear off at 9 p.m. And, and whether you're addicted to a substance or behavior, food, gambling, what have you, uh, a lustaholic, you know what it's like at nine o'clock. I'm not going to do this anymore. The remorse is set in. You know, we're starting to feel bad. We know we got to go home. We know we got to face a significant other or be up the next day to go to work and we can't do it or, or go pay that power bill. And we know we can't even afford to buy milk at this point. Right. And so, so we, we swear off where there, we say, you know what, God, that, that, that foxhole religion, God, if you just get me out of this one, right, I'll never do it again. And we mean it when we say it. But then again, 
we're all about protecting the supply, but we say it nevertheless because we're filled with remorse and regret. Whether it's nine o'clock or midnight, that's not relevant, but we swear off that day, right? But next day by noon, we're hammered. We're on our way there. We're high. We're back in the casino. We're back in deep, you know, elbows deep into the gallon of haagen If you're like me, you were probably had thrown up three or four times already that day. And all the things that we're doing, if, if you're a compulsive gambler, you've already lost a paycheck or on your way, you know, to the satellite betting uh, for off-track horse racing. I mean, this is who we are. And so the fact that a person can put together 10 days in a row, it's crazy. So I messaged it back. I said, you know, stick around. Listen to my podcast. Here's some connection with some other people that really you may be able to connect with. And that is the miracle of what we do. You know, today, today's podcast is called No End in Sight. Isn't that beautiful? No End in Sight. And you know what? As a little rabbit trail here, from time to time, I I come across some really relevant sayings regarding personal recovery, and I'm sure you do as well. Just recently by this incredible group, it's called Matthew's Hope Foundation. Find them them on Instagram. Uh, They're on Instagram, Matthew's Hope, it's with two Ts. So M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S, Hope Foundation. And I came across a meme that it was very helpful and really a great reminder. And it, it said, if I, if I get rid of the drugs and the alcohol, but don't work on my morals, principles, and spirituality, I'm still the exact same person just without substances. And that really does defeat the main purpose behind recovery. I really subscribe to that. But what I want to do is I actually want to take it one step further. Are you ready? You want to take the leap with me? I will go on to say that if I don't, if I do get rid of the drugs and the alcohol and the other behaviors, but I don't work on the other aspects like the morals, like in step four, we take a fearless and moral inventory. Principle centered, there's 12 principles to the 12 steps and the spirituality, right? Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, if we don't strive to do those things, it is only a matter of time before I drink and use again. This has been my experience, right? And that's what we do. We share our experience, strength, and hope with each other that we might solve our common problem and to help others recover from alcoholism. I've never known anyone who was alcoholic or drug addict. Maybe maybe you had an issue, maybe you had a problem, and you maybe you were able to back off in time. And as it says in the big book, you, you were able to learn to drink like a gentleman, right? It said, you know what? I don't negate you. I don't need you to be an alcoholic like me. It says, you know, if you can turn around and learn how to drink it like a gentleman, hey, my hat's off to you. Go knock yourself out. You know, if you can drink or use or whatever and not lose your rent money, right? Or you can have that ice cream and not go off on a binge and end up weighing 80 pounds more than your doctor said you should. Or you can go to the bar and have that cocktail and leave after two 
right? Not get a DUI on your way home, or you can smoke a joint and show up tomorrow and do whatever. If you can do those things, hey, man, I got no problem with you. Knock yourself out. I'm just not you, right? I lost the ability to control my drinking, my drug use. I have, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. That's why my middle name is still more, right? I just changed what the more is. That's all I'm doing, right? But I still need a fix. So, so again, going back to this principle that Matthew's Hope Foundation said, and again, follow these incredible group. Uh, if you do not do those things, if you overlook the morality, if you overlook the principle centeredness that we need to be, and if you overlook the spirituality of what 12-step recovery is, because if you don't think that 12-step recovery is about a spiritual approach, you don't even understand recovery, right? It's a secular program and it's not a religious program you know, if you go to, if you're the Muslim faith and you talk to your imam, they're going to expect you to believe a particular doctrine. The same with Judaism, the same with Catholicism, the same with the LDS church, the same with uh, fundamental Christianity. You know, nothing's wrong with those things, but they're going to want you to believe something very specific in tune with their doctrinal foundation. Again, nothing wrong with it. I, I'm a Christian. I, I have a particular foundational doctrinal belief. But in 12-step recovery, it is anything but that. It is come in, unity, join us. I don't care who your God is. I just care what your God does, right? And I hope you feel the same way with me as well. I, I hope you don't... Um, think there's something wrong because I, I believe that, that, that God sent his son Christ. I hope you don't think there's anything wrong with me believing that. I don't need you to believe that. I just, for me, that's what I need to believe. And that's the beauty of it all. If you want to believe that your higher power is a 200 foot redwood and you're staying clean and sober and you're happy, joyous and free, man, enjoy that redwood. If you happen to think it's the majesticness of the ocean or the beauty that you get from solar, from the sun or a beautiful sunset, I am on your side, right? Because I find beauty and power and those things and inspiration and those things just like you. My whole point is, if we are to set aside the drugs and the alcohol and we want them to stay, and we don't adopt these things, all we're going to get is a little physical sobriety and eventually that is going to wear off. The most dangerous, I, I love Father Martin and I hope we'll get to our topic today. Father Martin says that uh, it's a natural human response to seek relief from that which is uncomfortable. And, and eventually if we're using alcohol and drugs and other behavior to medicate and I don't cover these same things, eventually I'm going to be in pain again. Unless I learn how to use morality and spirituality and principles that I can trust in through the guidance and help of other people who got here before me, I will eventually get into that same pain again. And if I haven't set up a defense, it says that there will come a time when we don't have a defense against that first drink. That, 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 that defense, that power must come. That defense must come from a power greater than myself, 
which is spirituality, which is principles, which is morality. And if you don't believe that, hey, I'm okay. If you do relapse, I hope you have an opportunity to come back like I was given. And when I came back, I jumped into the deep end of the pool, my friend, because I knew that without recovery, dying was the next thing for me. Just like I was reminded of what it was like the first day I came in recovery and why I came. And thank God, April 25th of 1986, I came back to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've made a lot of mistakes in that time. Ask anyone who knows me. But I've stayed clean. I've stayed sober. And I've learned how to live one day at a time and how to serve God by serving others. Does that make sense? I hope that it does. If I do not admit that I need morality, spirituality, or principles, I will not recover. That's all I'll say on that. Hey, real quick, you got to go check out my friends, The Sober Creator. Tell Lisa or tell Elise I said hello. TheSoberCreator.com. Curator, excuse me, not creator. Curator, C-U-R-A-T-O-R. TheSoberCurator.com. You can also find him on Instagram, The Sober Curator, and also a really cool little thing called The Sober Pop. The Sober Pop again on Instagram. And they're also got a really new room in uh, uh, what they call Clubhouse, right? So if you need an invitation to Clubhouse with Sober Pop, let me know. I'll invite you in or I'll introduce you to Elise, especially if you're a female and you're new to recovery. I want to connect you with other women because women really can gain more by women who have gone before them. And of course, go to transitionsdaily.org, transitionsdaily.org forward slash forward slash podcast to check out what Buddy C is doing and seeing other podcasts that are out there. So here, here you go. excuse me, regarding recovery and points of discussion, they're really endless. Let me take a drink of water real quick. Ah, there we go. Nice and refreshing. Actually, that was some sun tea that Laura made for me. Even better. So somebody asked me the other day, where do you get all your topics? I think it was actually Justin from Rico 12. (coughs) Rico 12 podcast. If you don't check out Justin, really cool group of people. Rico 12, R-E-C-O, the number 12.com. Got weekly podcasts. You'll love it. All spectrums of recovery, all different ages and different uh, genders and different orientations into the recovery arena, uh, different dependencies. Check it out. You'll really like it. Tell Justin I said hi. But he was asking me, hey, where do you get your topics? I said, I just opened my eyes, man. It's everywhere, whether I'm watching a show or whether I'm looking at my dog or watching my grandchildren interact or or picking up a vibe from Laura and me as we conduct our daily life together. If we pay attention, we can find topics anywhere. So I was listening to a commercial during the Masters, the Masters Golf Tournament, and really, you know, shout out to Hideki, the first Japanese uh, male to win a major, historic, right? Even if you're not a golf fan, just historic that this Japanese pro golfer is the first man, first Japanese man, not the first uh, Asian, but the first Japanese man to win a major And it happened to be the Masters, which is the most prestigious golf tournament of all time. 
So anyway, I was listening to a commercial, a rare commercial during the Masters, and I heard a commercial regarding the universe. Check this. You're going to love this. I love science in its relation to recovery, regarding the universe and, and a particular perspective. And because lack of power was our dilemma, you'll like this. It said that outer space is so vast that we don't know where it starts or where it ends. Isn't that cool? And then we're just talking about instructing children and getting younger children excited about science, right? And so they were talking about the vastness of science. And it was just a great point. And I, and I knew this, but, but when I heard it, it really connected with recovery, right? Outer space is so vast that we don't know where it starts or where it ends. And we're talking about some of the smartest people in the history of the universe trying to sort this out with mathematics and incredible telescopes and space exploration and just seeing to the end of the solar system and they can't do it. They don't know, God knows, but they don't know where space starts or where it ends. And isn't that true in our recovery? Think about it. Think about it. We don't know where our recovery starts and we don't know where it ends. True that. Take that to the bank. Think about it. Think about our recovery as space. Now, we might be able to come close to where our addiction began and we might be able to discern the varying degrees of nature versus nurture, but the pinpoint where it begins is near impossible. And so true with my recovery. Don't, don't you agree? I mean, when I did my fourth step, I went back to as early as I could remember and about five or six years old, I remember crying myself to sleep at night. You know, even though my dad was alcoholic and my mom very codependent, my my dad, even within his alcoholism, had a sense of, of God. He was just, he's just a drunk, right? I mean, when you drink, all bets are off. I'm still an alcoholic. The difference is I don't drink, right? You never, I never have to worry about the, the, the physical allergy because through my spiritual approach to living, I don't have to worry about the mental obsession. I don't give into that mental obsession, right? That causes me to want one drink because you and I know one drink, one drug is, is, you know, it's that, that's just the beginning. God, you know, it'll kill me. So, so I don't know where, it, I, I don't know where it started. I don't know if it started when I would lay in bed at night. And I would cry and I would have a semblance of who God was. I heard his name. God, God loves you and God is your life, right? That my dad would say that. God bless you. God loves you. All those things. And yet I grew up in an alcoholic household, right? Again, codependent mom. And so, but I'd heard this and I would lay in bed at night and I would hear stories about God. And, and I would think, well, if God loves me, how come it hurts so much being me? 
You know what I'm saying? If God loves me, so I don't, I, I don't know if, if my addiction started there and I was just waiting for that first drink. I don't know if it happened at 14 when, when I had that first drink and every drink I had after that, it was to feel like I did the first time I drank, kind of like crack the first time I smoked, I hit the pipe. It's like crazy, man. It was, it was, I wanted to capture, I wanted to chase that high. Was never find it. I wanted to find that euphoria. Just like it when I was 14, when I had that first drink. Like, I want to feel like this again. I want to feel like this again. You know, I, I, I came from nothing, so I was a nothing, and I was always going to be a nothing. And when I drank, I became an almost. And being an almost was was everything. I can't tell you how excited I was to finally realize I was an almost. You know what I mean? But eventually, that which got me to be an almost will allow me to become nothing. And that's the paradox. You know, when you think you're medicating and you find out your medication is actually poison. But I don't know where my addiction started. I don't know where my obsessive compulsive disorder started. Did this start because I have ADD? I I, I tell people, but this is really true. In in Southern California, uh, at, at Valleydale Elementary School, when we moved out from LA proper, I remember I spent the fifth grade I think the entire, at least most of the year, outside the classroom, because I always had to have the last word. <laughs> Hence, I'm a podcaster, right? I love to talk. I love to share. You know, back then, it was all, all fear-based. But I remember just talking and talking. So how do you know where it ends? Did, did it begin because my father had a damaged 13 chromosome because his dad was alcoholic, right? And if you know anything about addiction and behavioral challenges and DNA, it's sons who are born to fathers who are out. You can check this out because uh, it's the same thing with enuresis, which is bedwetting. Interesting fact here. Uh, sons who are born to fathers who are alcoholic are seven times more likely to become alcoholic. So was it something in my DNA in utero? Who knows? I don't know where my addiction started. I, I know where, when I began drinking, I know when I began drugging, I know when I began taking on these other negative behavioral attributes as a result of my drinking and using, but I don't know where it began. I don't know how much nature and I don't know how much nurture contributed to each other. I just know that, that February 9th of 1986, I ended up in the rooms of Nevada Treatment Center saying, please help me, I can't do this. Again, to pinpoint it is near impossible. What's really cool, even more exciting, is I don't know where my recovery ends. Isn't that fantastic? I have no idea where it's going to end. I know that for Jack, 44 years personal recovery, it ended two years ago in January when he succumbed to cancer, right? And that's where it ended for him. I don't know where it's going to end for me. I hope, I'm hoping that one day at a time, because really what we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual conditioning. 
So I'm I'm hoping I'm shooting for 50 years, right? I'm 67 years old now. If I live to be 82 and I continue to do the things I'm doing today, tomorrow and beyond, when I'm 82 years old, I'll have 50 years because this the 25th of this month, I'll have 35 years. So, you know, I would love to do that. I just want to hit 35 years, right? So I could say, hey, I made it three and a half decades, not too shabby. But then again, I look at my sponsor, Will, Slow Will. And by the way, just so you know, I still have a sponsor. As a matter of fact, I called him last night. We have a great relationship. <clears throat> I've known Slow Will my entire length of sobriety. He was a dear friend of mine, kept me from being homeless. You've heard this story before. And when Jack died two years ago, uh, I knew I wanted a sponsor. I wanted someone to bring something, you know, throw something. I wanted that sounding board, someone who would treat me honestly and with compassion and love and understanding and a good background of what I was all about in my recovery. So I contacted Willie and said, sure. And I, and I tell you that because I want you to know I'm still doing the things today. I'm doing steps 10, 11, and 12 on a regular basis, right? I'm still seeking God. I'm still working with others. I'm still looking at myself and saying, where can you be better, right? As Tom Bennett would say, I want to become weller than the well, right? I want to see how recovered I can really be because I don't know where this is going to end. I just know that when it does end, I want to be known as a person who was sold out for recovery. I had such a distinct honor. A week ago, Saturday, um, I got to perform the wedding ceremony uh, for Chaz and Tess. And what an honor that was. And Taz has got four years and, and Tess three years. And I want to be an impact in their life and let them know that they can do it. Like Laura and I will be married 32 years, May 27th. And I want them to know that they can have that too, that if they continue to strive, that their marriage has no end. God will determine when my life ends. I get to decide how it ends. Maybe not in, in how I die, but in terms of my personal recovery. It is so important to remember that recovery is a journey, not a destination. How's that for a cliche, right? It is a journey, not a destination. I'm so grateful for both of those truths. I don't want to arrive, right? Because if I if I arrive, when I say I'm done, do you think I'm going to do any more work? Heck no. I'm lazy just like the next person. But I know if I need to continue to trudge this road of happy destiny, then I know I continue to move. I continue to go forward. I continue to work the steps. I continue to work with others. I continue to go to meetings. I continue to sharpen my saw against others who are decided to sharpen their saw as well. And the miracle goes on and on and on and on. And just like in science and space, I want my recovery to be so vast that I'm not sure where it starts because that doesn't matter. And I'm not sure where it's going to end because that doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is the in-between. What am I doing today in the here and now that no matter how much longer I have, what I have is worth sharing. I never want to be that get off my lawn guy. 
I never want to be stupid, boring, and glum. I want to be that guy who has decided that we are sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. There's no timetable on that. Is there an end in sight? No, not by design. If there is an end in sight, it's because you did it. God didn't do it. The program of recovery didn't do it. And again, I don't care what program of recovery you're involved with. There's so many of them out there. Find one that works for you and jump on that bandwagon. Find someone who has gone before you, who is where you want to be with a successful marriage, a great application. You know, they're living, they're walking, they're happy, they're joyous, they're free, they're sharing their experience, strength, and hope, right? They understand unity, service, and recovery, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Get behind them, find them. Become like them so you can share your story with another person and let them know there is no end in sight. So to the person who has got 10 days today, guess what? Welcome aboard. There is no end in sight for you, Gabby. You can have as much of the pie as you want because the pie knows no end. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad I actually got to my topic because there is no end in sight. And if there's anything I can share with you, even if you're going through a challenge, a struggle, something challenging or painful today, hang in there. We got you. Cling to your group. Cling to your higher power. Talk to your sponsor, your confidant, your rabbi, your priest, your imam. Talk to somebody who will help lift you up. Because the whole that we were in, which was the whole of no hope, no longer exists in our recovered life. Hey, go to recoveryguy.org. Check my podcast out, my blogs out. Again, Wednesday of this week, Susie is writing another blog. What a friend she is. Check her out as well. In May, my friend Claudine is writing, a, contributing as well. And I think also in May, my friend Sarah, uh, who is also an Al-Anon like Susie, is writing a blog for us as well. So we try to mix it up to give you different insights and different perspectives. And very soon, um, as soon as I figure out the technical side, I'm going to have some guests on the program to give you some idea of what other people are doing. Uh, but go to recoveryguy.org. Go to your favorite podcast channel, right? And find the Recovery Guy podcast. Go to Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Find me there. Reach out to me. DM me. Let me know. Uh, you can tweet me at recoveryguy1986 on Twitter at recoveryguy1986. Check me out there. And on Facebook, The Recovery Guy. Go to Venmo if you want to support this mission. Go to Venmo at robert-pardon-3, the number three, or go to patreon.com forward slash recovery. Reach out to me. Let me know what I can do to encourage you along this journey of recovery. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.